ears to good friends. Cheers. 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 Hmm. That's sort of an oaky afterbirth. What was that? She did tell me to uh, get a beer and some cheese fries over at Eskimo Joe's. That's very nice, lovely. I only hope you feel this way when I'm done. Because I could destroy this night in two seconds. Why is that funny? <laughs> well, I think it's a bit funny to be trying to define nothing. <laughs> Smooth as a bourbon on a summer day. Strong as a peated scotch in the winter night. This is a fair warning. The Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Slap some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles, Juan, El Producer. We have Jim here as well, hanging, hanging out, holding, holding the door, making sure that it's not going to go anywhere. Doing a great job. Dave, I saw a picture on uh, Facebook that reminded me, like, get, you know, the memory Facebook thing that shows all your pictures of... Of, of the past and one of them was father brian o'brien his first time to be on the catholic mansion that was like over five years ago now yeah and like i was just like looking at it laughing about how much the studio how far the studio has come just how far like we would never guess we would still be doing it for five years um at that point in time but just how how much things have changed since that point in time it was pretty funny it's like pretty, what I mean, the well, color, every, I mean, just the like, whole studio in yeah. general. Um, and then was that when we were that, face, facing, the we were other facing, way? yeah, we were facing at Orientum. Um, and, uh, that was like, we that's were still like south. A, that's not even wait. East is this way, actually. Yeah. That is South. Yeah. Um, add Southie Intum. I'm pretty sure that's how that's you say it. it. That's the correct, but we we're still like a radio show that was kind of a podcast. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it was just really funny just to see how... In as much as we were ever a radio show. I right. Mean, we are. Yeah. We still are. Yeah. We're more a radio show now, though, than we were then. Yeah, because we're on a lot of different radio more stations. More radio stations. Yeah. So, tonight we're going to drink... I was going to open this, but... Caribou since Crossing. you brought this... This is the first... It looked like such a fun opening experience. Yeah. No, turn it around. Like, it's got the tabs to pull on the back. Yeah. Look at these. Like that, I can tell. That is going to be fun to See open. These tabs, yeah. And I was going to do it, but I since you brought it, I didn't want to rob you of the. Of so the if you're watching on online, you're you're thinking this looks a lot like Blanton's. Yeah. It like the bottle. It looks a lot like Blanton's. It has the wax seal. It has like it ha- this one has a caribou, and not a horse at the top. Yeah. Um, but it looks very similar. Well, it's you know it, it's by the same company. So that's why it looks like this. And Dave, I believe, I'm not 100% positive, but I'm pretty sure this is a Catholic Mancho first. For this whiskey? Canadian whiskey. We've never had Canadian... I don't think we've ever had Canadian whiskey. Take that, Canada. (laughs) Took you five years. before We We have a lot of whiskey on this show. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the first time I think... I just want to... 
Wow. No, you're not doing it right. You got to pull the tabs, bro. You totally ruined it. That was going to be fun. And you, I shouldn't have let you do it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> this is this is why we can't. This, this is, is why This is why you, you don't enjoy life. This is why I you, enjoy life. You're dead on the inside. I'm not dead on the because inside. Because you don't even Man, look know at that. Feel that topper. To feel the weight of that topper. I like I like the packaging as people know who listened to the Catholic Man show before, they know that I appreciate a good like uh, marketing ploy for whiskey, the, presentation, the, the presentation of of whiskey. The marketing ploy is the story that they make up. How all of them are steeped in tradition. It's like, no, you're not. Well, some of like, them are. You just had some MMA fighter uh, well, buy you out as a brand, and like now you're making you're making whiskey, okay? And you're pretending like you've been around for a hundred years. Like that's the marketing ploy. The presentation. I do. Like I do appreciate. You know, it's like uh, there's time. It's like beautiful, elegant sometimes. So I do. That does uh, catch my eye as well. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Jimbo. Cheers. 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 We just got back from a Catholic radio fundraising meeting. We've been trying to schedule that. For those who don't know, Dave and I run the Catholic radio station here in Tulsa. We're trying to figure out how to have a fundraising event this year. We're trying to figure out how to make Tulsa 100% Catholic. Is That's what we're our goal. To figure out today. That is our goal. Without killing people. Yes, that's another. I mean, because we could take like the Muslim approach. Aquinas uh, would not be a fan of that. I am also not a fan of that. It seems exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> so I catch uh, marshmallow is really strong on the nose for me. Like I smell marshmallow. Do you? It's is the that first thing I smell. Fresh marshmallow, or like roasted marshmallow. Not roasted. It's just, not, it's not just toast. like the it's bag. Not toasted. The bag of marshmallows. Like open up a bag of marshmallows and take a sniff. That's the first thing I I caught. Okay, I don't really get that. I I, I kind of like see maybe I see vanilla as well. Strong vanilla. Yeah, I get vanilla. The palate is very mild. Hmm. Uh, vanilla and honey at the end. Very easy, airy type of. Um, whiskey, it, it it's not good. It's not harsh at all. It's not something that's gonna. I get a little bit. It's very of the, sweet um, to me. It tastes sweet to me at the end. Yeah, at the very beginning, I get a little bit of uh, Tide Pod, not the one that they put out this summer, but the one from the spring. Hmm. A little bit of the spring edition Tide Pod flavor. I'm not entertaining that. You see what I'm saying? Juan gets it. I think that it is a whiskey that I would enjoy on a summer after, like summer evening on ice. Like I think this would be an on ice whiskey for me because I yeah, think I see that, that. I think do. that the uh, uh, wa- like the ice will water it down a little bit. Uh, it's a very mellow whiskey in very mellow. general. Uh, in general, and it's but it's a little it's too it's, it's sweet for me. It doesn't really like do a whole lot for me. Uh, it's it's very drinkable. You know, I've got nothing against it. It it's very sippable. I mean, you could just sit there. Yeah. And, How much was it? Forty nine dollars, I believe. Forty eight, forty nine dollars. All right. I think it was wasn't open properly. That's why that's it's not totally. Juan says it wasn't open properly, and 
I have to agree. They they built in a fantastic device, <laughs> and you didn't even use it. It I'm was sorry. it was offensive to the craftsman. It was offensive to me to watch you do it, and it's on camera. Made it worse. It's okay. You just offended like a whole lot of people. All seven of them. Yeah, like th- that was more offensive than like a 1980s movie. Sorry. I just said I was sorry. Yeah. I don't know if that's good enough. Yeah, so, but Dave and I, we run the Catholic radio station here in Tulsa. We're trying to have a fundraiser this year. We didn't really have one last year because of COVID. So we came straight from work to the, that meeting at your mom's house. Uh, Anna Niles is a godsend to the Catholic radio station here in Tulsa. Um, she makes us do stuff. She makes us, yeah, she keeps us on our, uh, on our toes, keeps us uh, making sure that we're doing things. And Julianne O'Brien, Pamela's mom, uh, and then our wives as well. Between them, they're the ones that really run the radio station, I would, yeah. I would say. The operations side. Yeah, sides. operational. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of it, but anyway. But I, I really am excited about Catholic radio in general. They, they actually, they run our fundraiser. We run the, we, we we run run the, the station. Operational day-to-day stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I'm really excited about Catholic radio in general. We're getting like more and more programming is is becoming uh, competition is higher, yeah. and so it it's yielding better programming in general. Mm-hmm. We're getting more uh, people who are interested in local programming as well, which is which is great. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we've we even had somebody this last year who emailed us and like is going through our CIA because of Catholic radio. So praise God, praise God. Anyway, I'm just really excited about and for, you know for every one of those, how many are there that that they we just don't, we don't read, even send, hear. Don't send an email, right? So I'm I'm just really excited about where we're headed. I'm actually just really super ex- pumped about just Oklahoma Catholics in general. Yeah, uh, where we're headed, the diocese, the Eastern Oklahoma. They have the Stanley Rother Shrine that they're building here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's going That's to be, gonna be epic. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yes, we have one of the best bishops, I think. Yes, I agree. I mean, there's there are a lot of good bishops in the U.S. Even though sometimes it doesn't always feel that way, uh, but the the good bishops they're just not, um, you know, looking for a lot of notoriety. So you, you just don't know. They're about also them just focused the, on their flock, right? Which is what they're supposed to be doing. But anyway, we have we have. I'd put Bishop Condorla up against the best of them. Round. round I just here. rather them all be together. Right. But if we were going to have a competition for best bishop, which would be something I'd. <laughs> I'd go, you know, like I'd promote that. Like, let's compete, <laughs> let's compete for that instead of on Twitter, where it's like a competition for the worst bishop. You know? Yeah. Uh, We'd have a great bishop. Yeah, I put my money on ours. Um, Dave, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, I'm still reading this Acedia book that you're forcing upon me. How's it going? It's going fine. Uh, kind of lazy about it, but <laughs> you know. I'm getting through it. I'm slogging through it. Um, I'm also reading, reading Les Miserables, which I hate saying that way because it makes you feel, it makes you sound really stuck up. Instead of just saying Les Mis, but then it makes you sound like hip. I'm reading that book. And you've been really enjoying that one. Loving it. So we're going to talk about uh, preparing ourselves for Mass. For the Holy Mass, yes. For the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Correct. This would be good. This would be good. I think it would be. Good refresher. Could be bad, but we'll see. All right. Let's reflect on it. I think it will be good. We are back.
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We got Juan Posada on the buttons. Jimbo Baggins at the door. He's with us. And so is Jesus. He's here with us too. Give a shout out to Jesus. Because he's here, bro. And two or more together. Here we are. And there's four of us. So we got like two Jesuses here. Nope. Heretical. You obviously don't know math. <laughs> okay, so uh, you reading anything? I didn't get to. Yeah, so we've been so going over uh, the Thomistic uh, Common Sense by Father Gary Goulagrange, doing the book club with, with our patrons on uh-huh. that. Yeah, um, we have four, about four guys total that are that are going through it together, which is very, you know, when you and I and Juan and um, Scott and Sam, we all. W- read through, or the same one there, I guess, but when we read through the Theology of the Body, Wednesday Audiences by JP2, it's so, yeah. it was so good. Chad was there, though. Chad was there, yes. Uh, to read through that with somebody else. Yeah. And get other people's insights. It would have been impossible to do by ourselves. Uh, and I feel the same way in, w- while reading this book, because it's a heavy lifting book. It's intellectually challenging, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you don't know the time frame, if you don't know the 19th century or uh, 1900s, I should say, philosophers of that time, what's going on in France, things of that, things like that. It's very hard to, you, there's a lot of deep dives you have to take to make sure you understand what he's writing about. Yeah. Um, but we're doing that once a week. Uh, it's It's been going really well. And I've, I've really enjoyed reading the book. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, very challenging. And the translator, uh, Dr. Dr. Uh, Minard, Dr. Minard said that he'd come on our show once we're done reading it and talk about the, um, the book. Nice. Which he's done a, he did a really good job translating it because he gives uh, tons of footnotes uh, throughout the oh, book really? to good. help you like help you go through it and understand like what's actually going on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk to him about about it when we're done with it. But yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been really good too, just to kind of hang out. Also, I still have to give out a shout out to uh, uh, St. Saint, Saint Stephen Houle, which I feel like we don't probably give a shout out to him enough. Uh, if you join, if you support our show by going to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show, you, you get involved with uh, the Council of Man. We have um, prayer requests that that con- they come up that we all pray together and fast together on Fridays. But he also puts together a monthly uh, call-in meetup, like Zoom meeting for all of us, for, for, for the patrons. And this last week, we had uh, Deacon Michael Halbrook, who's a new deacon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he w- he talked about just like his process of going through the the diaconate, what, what it meant to him, what it meant to his family, like the... The duties that he had as a, a you know, the relationship between the duties of, of the de- uh, diaconate and the duties of, of a husband and father, and what the role of a deacon actually is in the liturgy, which is a very 
um, interesting conversation in and of itself. But we had, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight guys that were that were in there all hanging out, asking questions. And uh, St. Stephen Hull uh, put, puts that all together and, and organizes it for us. Say, think. So I, I, I just really enjoyed it. it, it, it Everybody was really, say a prayer for St. Stephen. Yeah, for his death. For, that is a good death. A good death. Um, anyway, I just really enjoyed it. I thought Deacon uh, Halbrook did a great job. He has four four boys, uh-huh. um, and just he's very relatable. Um, nice. I'd love to have a beer with him someday. Maybe you will. God Hopefully. willing. God, God willing. willing. Dave's fault. But so man gear today is a drop cloth. You might call it something else. I'd call it a drop cloth. Not, and I don't necessarily mean one that's made of cloth. Okay. You know, but like if it's the thing you would put down if you were going to paint. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. I use these all the time. Um, I've been using them a lot more recently because I'm painting my kitchen. Finally textured the ceiling in my kitchen. Doesn't look very good. Dude, texture. I'm gonna uh, have to. Texturing is hard. I'm gonna have to. Fi- I'm gonna have to like do some more work. Gotta come in on on, on the weekends or yeah. take out or maybe put like ten coats of paint on Where to just kind of like smooth it all out or something. It's tough, dude. It is it, texturing, especially when you're blending it into old textured walls. Yeah. It's not easy. So, but anyway, uh, the drop cloth, I have found to have a lot more application than just, oh, this, uh, you know, keeping paint off of your stuff. Um, over the last couple of years, I've done, a, I've done several, many projects inside my house um, between remodeling my bathroom, uh, redoing the siding, my lap siding on the north wall of my house, um, the ceiling in my kitchen. Um, and when you're doing projects, if you're like doing a serious project, you're going to make a mess. You're going to make a mess? You're going to make a mess. If you're not making a mess, you're probably not doing it right. You know, um, cause in the beginning you're cutting stuff up, ripping stuff out. Right. And especially if it's drywall, it's just going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have learned that if you can cover stuff up first, makes it a lot easier to clean way, up way better. Yeah. Um, so having drop cloths around, uh, I think you really want a couple kinds. So, you know, they have some that are like, uh, almost like, uh, medical, like paper. Uh, it's like kind of, it's not exactly paper. It's kind of like a plasticky paper. It's like canvas. Yeah, kind of. But it's, it's like disposable blue. It's like oh, a blue, it's not what I was thinking you know what I'm talking about? It's like, okay. it's not paper, but it's a paper product. But it's uh, from Dunder Mifflin. Maybe, could be. Uh, but there, those are more reusable than like the uh, half millimeter, 0.5 mil uh, plastic sheets. Even though the those plastic sheets, even though they're super cheap and super thin, they're really more. They're tougher than they seem. Um, I've had one on my floor for the last couple of days. Been moving the ladder all over the place. It has a couple holes here and there, but, uh, you know, I kind of thought this is going to get all ripped up and it held up pretty good, but it was nice to have just so I don't, otherwise, I, mean, I had to have it. Otherwise I'm painting the ceiling, you know, I don't want to get paint on the floor. So anyway, it's just something that whether you're going to be cutting through stuff, you can throw it over furniture. It can, it can be the difference between moving all of the furniture out of your room or, or just covering it you know which obviously is is way better and 
they're kind of they're the things that you need to have on hand because they're not the kind of thing that you necessarily think of like oh I'm going to have to have drop cloths and by the time you go to the store and come back with them it was probably easier and faster to move the furniture depending on what the furniture is but um, so next time you're at the store next time you go to Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever it is Builder Square that's a deep track yeah uh, I don't know is that Builder Square that was a national chain right yeah I, I mean, think so. I, I assume it was. Jim? Was, yeah. Jim confirms. Okay. Jim confirms. Yeah, Builder Square. Next and he's time. older than us. He would know. Right, by a few years. He's full of wisdom. So much wisdom. Anyway, uh, grab some. I got a pack of 12. They're just half. <laughs> 12? Yeah. Well, Did you was, go to Costco and get no, some drop it, it was at Lowe's. It was when I was painting outside. <laughs> the and cheap I, ones? Yeah, they're, they're yeah. so cheap. I mean, I think it was seven bucks. And they're um, 12 feet by 9 feet. So they're big. And I got 12 of them for like $7. And so, I mean, I like that because uh, I'm not afraid to cut them up so that they're the right size. I have them on hand. You know, it, it doesn't cost, you know, there's only $7. Mm-hmm. And, and you, when you got them, you need them. Okay. Also, if your kids want to build a sweet fort, mm-hmm. like, yeah, just give them one of those. I mean, it costs less than a dollar. They're, I'm telling you, the uses for these drop cloths like this, mm-hmm. and I don't know what, they're not cloth, but you know what, that's just right. what I'm calling them. Uh, you can do all kinds of stuff with them. So I'm going to take a different angle. Not, a, not that I don't I agree with you. I, okay. I do agree with you. I Feel think free. that there's a, a purpose for that. Yeah. But I like the heavy duty drop cloth, the canvas drop cloth. Oh, I like those too. I um, think, well, that's what I said in the beginning. You should have both. You should. I think you want the disposable mm-hmm. and I... The canvas ones, I don't know how much those cost. They're, they're going to be more expensive. They might be mm-hmm. like 20 bucks for a good size more expensive. one. So a couple things that you should consider. I think that you should always buy bigger than what you actually need. Yeah. Because the next project, you'll actually need the bigger size. You can always fold it down to where you want it. Yeah. Uh, all, like, Although sometimes it is also nice to have a small one. That's, a mo- that's mobile? Yeah, sure. that's because, yeah, you can fold it. But, but, it gets, but I use, I, use the che- I use the cheap ones whenever I'm having to move things quickly. I use the, the heavy-duty ones when it's like, I'm going to be here for a little bit. I'm not going to worry about cutting holes or anything like that in, the, in this canvas. I'm going to use this for, for heavy-duty projects. Yeah, what I like about those is they're not going to blow away. You don't have to, and you don't have to worry they're about heavy. taping them down. I also use you, you can put them, and they're right, going to stay there. They're going to stay there. I also use them uh, to gather up leaves. When I have my boys who are like trying to gather up the leaves from that from the house, I just yeah. put that big thing out there, similar to how you know one has that that thing with Legos to clean up Legos. You just like scoop it up into this pack, uh, you know, this tarp, and then you dump it into the uh, Lego bucket. It's yeah. the same principle here, but I use it for for outdoors to where I say, boys, get all the leaves on this tarp. Now, if it's a heavy duty, you have a lot of wind, things like that. It's going to stay down on the ground. And get all those leaves on there. Where a tarp might blow away. Where the tarp might blow away. Okay. Um, so I use I use those drop cloths for a lot more than just painting and construction. I use it for outdoor purposes as well. Yeah. Um, that for, especially with boys that because if I tell them, hey, get all the leaves and put them in a trash bag, they're not as efficient. Oh god. Right. Uh, but if I tell them, get all the leaves on this drop cloth. And then they get them all there, and then I roll it, that drop cloth all up and then put it in a trash bag. It's way easier. Totally. They're just good to... They're, uh, 
Really something that you want to have. Something that you should have Not in your garage. Not an absolute must, but it so, is nice to have in your garage. Yeah. For projects. Yeah. You guys are like, there's no way you guys could talk about drop cloths for 10 minutes. Oh, I think we could keep going. We could keep going. If you're thinking that, you haven't been listening to the Catholic Mantra for very long. <laughs> oh, no. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Adam Minahan here with David Niles. We're going to talk about how to prepare for the holy sacrifice of the Mass. If you are anything like me, I just detest Lionel Richie. I do not think I think he's a big liar. He was certainly on one occasion. Uh, because easy like Sunday mornings is just a f- bold, flat-out lie. I don't know. Did he have kids? Maybe he didn't yeah, have kids. Yeah, Nicole Richie isn't that... Wasn't... Oh, oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm speaking... When we get into pop culture, this is something we are not strong in. Maybe he didn't have kids at the time. Maybe not. But there is no, there's not a day of the week in the Minahan household that is more stressful... Than Sunday. ...on a consistent basis... Than Sunday. ...than Sunday mornings. Yeah. Totally. That's just like the most stressful day of the week for us. So you know what? My brother-in-law, Drew, and my sister, Sarah, you know what they do now? They Spank them ahead of time. They don't do breakfast before Mass. Mm. They do like yogurt, and then they get a donut after... Then they'll do like donuts after Mass. Mm -hmm. He said, night and day. Because like, yeah, that is the hard part is, at least for me, like... Eat your food. We have to go to mass. <laughs> like, oh, this is. It just drives me. It's, my kids. It's funny how they're just. Uh, they just like our. Our. It's funny how our battles Elizabeth and our, our struggles. She'll eat. Are so different. But Mary and Bernadette. It's like, do you know why, you girls are like tiny scarecrow babies? It's because you don't eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> they will take me to jail if you don't eat it. <laughs> Anyway, my therapist and I were working <laughs> we're working through this. <laughs> but anyway, Sunday morning is like very stressful. So I don't know, like if it that's just something that's he said is working for him. Maybe that works. Maybe that'll work for other people. Like they do like a yogurt before mass. It's quick and easy. That's like one thing. Kids, yeah, I don't. Kids we don't will. ever like cook breakfast in the morning uh, before mass. Well, you guys, you're just not breakfast people. You just don't do breakfast, really. Well, Anna has two breakfasts. She has, she has second breakfast so what do you every guys, day. What do you guys do for breakfast on Sunday? Uh, just like, here's a quick bowl of cereal. Mm. Oh, see, I get up early on Saturday and Sunday and make a yes, hot breakfast. I don't do that. Because I love my family. Yeah, you just love them way more than I do. Yeah, that's a fact. But, um, so anyway, we're, let's talk about preparing for the Mass. Because you're right, Sunday... is stressful. It's a day where you have to like know what to do. You have to have a plan for preparing there are days there have been many many days where i get to mass in a terrible mood just because would you say your disposition is not oriented towards the sacred it's oriented towards rage is what you know like that has definitely happened where all the kids are have just been terrible you know and just disobedient frustrating and now like okay god I'm here. here I'm here. 
you know? And I think like on those days, that's just what you do. You'd be like, you know what, Jesus? I'm, I'm here. All right. I made it. Like, you're going to really have to help me a lot today. Anyway. As if he doesn't ever do. So um, I, I came up with six things uh, with the help of uh, a priest by the name of Romano Guardini um, to help prepare yourself for the Mass. To have uh, a better disposition, to be more fully present, um, to celebrate the Mass well. Okay. Um, I'm excited to hear them. The first one, arrive early. This is the first one. Because if how, you, how well do you do this? Uh, varying degrees of success. Um, what do you mean by early? Uh, well, that I was gonna say like that could that depends. Um, it depends. I think it, if our children were older, I don't think I would need to worry about that so much. I think you know if they can. I think once your kids get older, it might get easier to get to mass, and that could be just like a fool's hope. In, in you know mm-hmm. what I mean, but. It would be at least different struggles. Yeah, they're going to want to sleep more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it depends. Uh, that's up for you to decide, but you have to get there early. I, I think here, 10 here, minutes, at least 10 minutes. Here's here's our uh, meter. Okay. We're, we're pulling out of the driveway. We're rolling past. Are the Niles still there? The Niles are still at their house. We are doing well. Yes. I mean, some the thing... Okay, so one thing for us is that... Pamela's parents have seats. Yeah. Like they, my dad saves seats. For right, us exactly. Too. So, but we that still, saves we, time. For we, the record, we do beat you. We, yeah, most of the time, I think you do. Uh, you're that's not that it's a competition. Not, not that's that not hard count. to do. It's not we're hard not to count, do. We're not. I'm winning. <laughs> um. So, like when you're when you have people who have seats there for you, you know that's a big step. Makes it easier. Yeah. So anyway, if why why do you get there early? If you're not early, I'm asking why you. Get if you're there not early. early, you're late because you can't do any any of the next steps. Okay. Um. And you need time to decompress, uh, especially if you have kids like we do, like we're talking about. You know, even on a good Sunday, it's still like you know, work to get your kids there. You know, like we got them all in. You know, if the, it's the winter time, like they even have shoes on. And like they brought coats. This is great, you know, and we're here. Um, the second thing that you need is silence. So this is like one of the reasons why you need to get there early. Um, because you need have, this is like one thing that you need to like get yourself, clear it all out, you know, like all the distractions. Um, and so you actually need time of quietness. I, and I'm talking about external quietness, just like basically external quietness it has to be practiced we've talked about this before on the show about your kids don't learn to be quiet in mass they learn to be quiet at home um, and, and they and practice and then they can do it but the same is true for adults we need to practice we need to have time of quiet mm-hmm. um, and that could be your prayer time you know uh, one thing that we've we've found that has helped us is to make sure that we're not having the radio on on the way to mass mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that I realized there were some times where I felt more chaotic getting into the parking lot. Uh, and I realized, oh, well, it's because I was listening to the sounds of Sunday or something like that. Right. Um, and I didn't have that quiet time. So we've instilled uh, a practice or, or, or trying to, if we have a long distance to travel to Holy Mass, that we pray the rosary together. Uh-huh. If we uh, are just going to St. Benedict where it's very close, 
the kids do not get to talk. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, and because you do need some quiet, and the, so those minutes, especially the minutes right before mass, um, it's important that you have quiet uh, in, in those. And maybe the organs playing. I think that that's okay. Um, but if you really want to take this quietness to the next level, um, as a just as a dad, turn or, the quiet up to eleven. Yeah. I think this would be an interesting... I just thought of this in preparation. I've never actually tried this, but on Sunday morning, just almost adopt the a monk attitude that I'm not going to speak unless I just really need to. It's Sunday morning. I'm going to reserve my voice. I'm going to reserve... Like, I'm going to be quiet mm-hmm. um, as much as I can. Uh, so Romano Guardini, he says, the person who talks constantly grows empty, and his emptiness is not only momentary... Only the word that emerges from silence is substantial and powerful. Um, that comes from his book, Meditations Before the Mass. Um, so just maybe for yourself, maintaining until after Mass. I'm not going to engage in conversation. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to say some things to help get the kids, you know, in part of my duties. Uh, but just adopting an attitude of silence. And I think if you do that, over uh, eventually, I think your family will start to kind of catch on, and um, what do you? Uh, that, that's a, it. Sets up reverence, right, for what you're about to do. What's your prayer? What's your prayer ritual like before mass? Like actually, when I get there, yes. Um, I get there. I thank the Lord for bringing me to mass. I do that before every mass. Um, I just kind of go over the things that are on my heart again. Um, I try to think of what I'm going to offer that mass, which we'll get to here. Okay. Um, and then I just, a lot of times I'm just sitting there with nothing, just blank, uh, just kind of resting. A lot of my prayer has, it kind of turned into that, just like resting, Mm -hmm. which is kind of hard to explain because I am at prayer. Um, but I'm not actually thinking anything or praying anything. You know what I mean? Just kind of like. Being just in his be, presence. I'm just kind of being, yeah. It's And it's especially, I do that, I tend to do that a lot more in church, you know, because you're in the right setting. Correct. Where you can kind of sense. do that. Yeah. You're there with him, so. I try my best to pray a, a prayer from St. Thomas Aquinas, the prayer before, uh, before Mass, uh-huh. and it just goes through, it's just a beautiful... Shocker! It's just a beautiful prayer. He has a actual prayer before mass and a prayer after after mass um, that I pray. And I'll try to, if I can remember, I'll try my best to put it in our show notes so that way you guys can can read it because it's just absolutely a beautiful prayer. Um, and it just like covers everything that I wish that I could possibly think of myself, yeah. um, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I always make sure that I have something to offer up to the Lord uh, through the holy sacrifice of the mass to to present him with some kind of prayer offering of some sort mm-hmm. uh, ahead of time. Like, so I, like each mass, I try to go in with a very specific intention for that mass, right. whether it be uh, for the vert, you know, for an increase in virtue f- for my wife, for an increase in virtue, like a specific virtue for my kids, for the repose of my soul of my, of my grandfather, uh, you know, for something that uh, very specific um, yeah. that I, that I, um, bring to him i do the same thing and i want i want to talk more about that okay that's like a sorry whole, i jumped no 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 i, I didn't I, really read your notes I, ahead of time hey so i didn't know that's what you're going I know exactly how that goes yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i that is very important and so it's a bullet point all on its own 
Okay. Because um, I want to talk about what the why why it's important. I do think though it's important to I I, I like to make sure to be kneeling together as a family yeah. all together yeah. before mass praying and not let your kids be done until you and, and, and the wife is are done yeah good policy I like that policy just looks uniform too it just yeah. looks like your family is ordered it is we right back do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage well for the last 34 years select international tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about how to prepare for Holy Mass You need to arrive early. You need physical silence. The third thing that you need is composure. So composure... I'm listening. Composure would be like an interior silence. So silence is a prerequisite for composure in most cases for most people. Um, But this is where you take it uh, into an interior side, like so with silence you've cleared out external distractions and now I think with composure you're clearing out the internal distractions you're focusing yourself to the here and now it's only when you have composure that you're even present at the mass if you have not composed yourself you're not even really there I think though if you allow yourself to be distracted throughout the day constantly it's almost impossible to even get to this point. It's it is absolutely it is absolutely a challenge even if you're not distracted all the time. Right. Um, this is something that has to be practiced just like silence. Uh, it's something that you need to practice every day. Uh, I mean in my own personal prayer life distraction in prayer is uh, it's like a plague that I deal with. Uh, I just I I will maybe deal with it the rest of my life, you know, maybe, uh, but it's still something I, I try for. And some days I have, uh, I'm like, my prayer is very present and I'm, you know, really there the whole time. And then other days it goes by and like, what did I even do? Well, I tried, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the Lord knows of my intention, my intent to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, so composure is really why you need to arrive early, and it's why you need silence. It's so that you can actually be present there in the Mass. So I can be composed. Otherwise, you're just kind of uh, a corpse. You know, you're there in body, but not in soul. Your person isn't really there. Um, you're, yes, you satisfy your obligation, but... Mm-hmm. Um, this is why people, you hear people say, oh, I just don't really get anything out of the Mass. It's because, well, you're not really there. Um, you know, you're not, you know, maybe they don't understand the Mass. There could be a lot of reasons, really, why someone says that. But um, 
One so, has so oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry, Romano Guardini in his, in the same book he says once composure has been established, the liturgy is possible, not before. So this is this is a uh, a defense I think it, for the virtue of decorum that you have to have mm, a, yeah. an external disposition like your your ex your ex- exterior has to uh, replicate or, or or not replicate but it has to show the same thing that you're trying to achieve internally I think that's a great point um you know so Paul Harvey there's a, uh, a famous uh, he was a talk a radio talk show and now uh, you know the rest of the, the rest so- of, of the, the story. story. Paul Harvey, he was big, a radio talk I show love, host. I love Paul Harvey. He, 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 he was awesome. He was awesome. But he always dressed up in suit and tie to come in to for radio, uh-huh. to be, you know, to, for his talk show. And somebody asked him one time, he said, like, like well, why are you doing that? No one sees you. Like, why are you dressed in a suit and tie? And he said the reason why is because he feels his, ex, his externals feel like that he's more pro- professional and it – he can tell a difference in his performance on the radio Absolutely. whenever he is uh, externally dispositioned to what he's trying to achieve. Right. Um, I mean, we get that as Catholics. The smells and the bells, the ex- external things help uh, like bring you into these mystical realities. Right. Dressing up, presenting yourself reverently, properly, respectfully in the Mass is only going to help you be reverent in the mass, so I think that's I think that's a great point. Um, and once again, uh, this is like another reason why we need to get there early so we can have this composure. Um, but I think it's also important, like just for one, one more point here, is I think that yeah. it's not only for you but for your children. When your children sure. know, see that, oh, dad, like it is important enough for dad that he's wearing a suit and tie to this. He doesn't normally wear a suit and tie, but he's taking the time to do it. And not only that, but he took the time to make me wear a suit and tie or yeah. a, 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 a very pretty dress or whatever, you know, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, that speaks volumes. Yeah, I think that's a different point. But I also, that's certainly true as well, that there's an educational element there too, but even beyond that, just helping you enter into the mass, mm-hmm. you know, making it, you know, I'm not wearing the same clothes I wore on Saturday. Right. You know, I don't typically wear a suit on Saturday, but I wear one on Sunday. Right. Cause I'm going to the, going to the mass, right. That's going to help most you. The most important thing that, that I do this week. Right. Exactly. I mean, think about like, if you were going to a board meeting, how prepared you would be. If you were going to a, you know, like a uh, soccer practice, you know, if you're coaching, I mean, like, or whatever it is, or even if you're just, if you're, if you're going to other things, you prepare for those other things. Mm-hmm. And they are infinitely less important than the Holy Mass. Yep. Um, and we don't prepare for it at all because it's so mundane, mm-hmm. so regular, you know. So we have to really think about these things when we prepare. Um, the next thing is preparing your gifts for the altar. This um, is where I, I jump the gun. No, it isn't. Oh, okay. I mean, in this case, your actual monetary oh. tithe. Okay. Um, it's something you shouldn't be doing in the pew when you get to, you know, like, your wife shouldn't have the checkbook out writing the check in the pew. Mm-hmm. I understand. Sometimes that happens. No judgments. But Judgy McJudgerson. Right. But I do like to judge. It feels so good. Um, especially like people who are like not as good as me. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. 
That's the best. <laughs> Those are the best times to judge. Oh, I'm better than you. <laughs> anyway, um, we shouldn't we shouldn't take the attitude with tithing as if we're just paying a bill. It should be something done um, out of charity. So Romano Guardini, he says, when we place money in the basket, let it be with reverence to God and with charity to all. It should be done with this notion that um, I, uh, you know, I'm giving charity. I owe something to, to all of you. You know, the Lord has given this to me. Um, you know, stewardship, with you know, the idea of stewardship. How much money? How much of your money belongs to God? You know, is it zero percent, ten percent, fifty percent, hundred percent? The answer is a hundred percent. All of your money belongs to God, um, and so you need to give Him that which He gave to you for others. Um, and it should be a true sacrifice. You know, the amount that you give. It's not mechanical. It's not necessarily 10%. It sh- you need to be at the point where, yes, I am making a sacrifice to bring here to the altar. Um, and it's part of that is so that you can enter into the Mass. Like, literally, you are putting the, you know, the bread of your table. I know it's, it's you know, we don't actually use bring bread and fish and oil, you know, like they used to, but um, that this is... Uh, my family's offering, and when you when you're doing that, it's like wow, I'm really literally buying in mm-hmm. to this mass. Um, the fifth thing is knowing the readings. This one is a big one. I mean, if you have read the readings, if you've done nothing more than just read the readings ahead of time, it's going to help you so much. I mean, if you don't do that, you and you leave mass. And someone says, what were the, like, you just walked out of the sanctuary. And someone says, what were the readings about today? I'll bet you a lot of times you can't tell them. Or maybe you're like, mm-hmm. I remember one of them. But that's pathetic. You Man, know, I feel the, like you're like speaking to my soul. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible speaking, at this. I'm speaking to my soul. And I, I'm I mean, terrible at everybody, this. I think a lot of people, most people are bad at this. But um, I've noticed, like, since I've started this, you know, dedication to prayer in the morning, I read the readings every day. Um, and I've noticed a couple of things that, yeah, when I go to Mass, I've already read these. I've already prayed with them night and day, night and day. And what else makes a difference is reading the readings every day because there's a narrative. If you don't read them every day, you don't pick up on like, oh, yeah, we've been walking through this story now for like two weeks. And now here we are mm-hmm. uh, on this Sunday. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it, you see the beauty of the narrative uh, that is being played out, especially in like the first reading, very often. Um, there's almost, there, that tends to be where the story is more linear. Um, and so doing that really will improve your, your mass experience. So you do that, do you do that with your family as well? No, I just do it my, myself. Okay. When I pray, the, the kids aren't awake most right. of the time. Yeah. Um, something to help there. Uh, Scott Hahn is a big proponent of uh, reading the Sunday reading on Wednesday. And he has this uh, subscription letter where he will send you the reading and his do- his commentary on that Sunday's reading on Wednesday. Mm. So you can read it with your wife. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I think the more time you have to take it in, the better. Obviously. Uh, and yeah. and if you t- it's really the fruit is when you take it to prayer. Um, and meditating, especially on the gospel, um, sometimes just take one word. I mean, just uh, Lexio Divina, just or just take one word that Christ says to somebody, uh, and, you know, because 
it applies to you. If, if Christ said something to a person, those words apply to you. Um, and then finally, the last thing is have a prayer intention for Mass. Um, just this, on a, this is where I jumped the gun. Yeah, this is it. That's okay. It was, I mean, it, it's an obvious thing. Um, f- I'll just tell you, for me personally, um, I don't bring all of my prayer. You know, I have things that I pray for every day. I don't bring all of them to the Mass. Mm-hmm. I'll take tip, typically pick one, maybe two, that are really the most important to me at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's great that I'm praying for these good things, but there is a more practical, selfish effect that I have noticed, is that this is, these are the things I care about. Now I'm emotionally invested. Like, hey, oh, my, my buddy is really struggling, and I, so I'm, gonna pray, I'm offering this Mass up for him. Now all of a sudden I care a lot more about this Mass because I care about this thing that's important to me. Um, and obviously, a Mass, a mass without a, an intention is a wasted opportunity. No doubt. I mean, because there's infinite grace available at every Mass. Uh, you I think get, if there's needs one to be thing you can, you can pull from this episode, is that right there? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, those are the six that I came up with. We'll we'll keep maybe going for. Yeah, a few yeah, minutes. we can. Yeah, we'll keep going. Okay. One of the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. So Dave, but one may say, hold on, the priest gets to choose the intention for the mass, right? He is the one in the beginning that says this mass is offered for X, Y, right. and C. Why have a personal intention? For yeah, mass? yeah. I mean that's true. So there is a every, a mass will almost always always well yeah yeah. I mean uh, it's a requirement. It the, is a requirement. Yeah, it has to have like what about what about like a monastery where there's all these priests? Do they just? They get to the priest just chooses yeah. chooses something. A mass has to have an intention because okay, so a mass is, is, a, is a sacrifice. It's an official intention for the mass. You know they'll announce it a lot of times. Where this mass today's mass is being offered up for so and so, and that is the official intention. But that doesn't mean you as a participant can't have your own intention. Um, now the ma- the main mass intention that is, I would say, a more efficacious prayer. You know, it's that's more uh, because that's like. It's got the weight of the mass behind it. You know, the priest is offering it as the priest for that intention. Um, but every person can, you know, you can offer your own participation in the mass, the graces that, that are being availed to you for anything. Um, and I used to have this notion like, oh, I just want to pick one thing because I don't want to divide up the graces, <laughs> right? Uh, that's not, it doesn't work that way. You know, God is Um, infinite. Are you saying that God is infinite? Yes, I am saying that. I mean, like at some level, if you just say like, Oh, I want to pray for all things like, okay, that that's a good prayer. I mean, you can pray that that's not going to be like the most powerful, you know, like when you, as opposed to saying, Lord, I, I, I need you to give my son or daughter this virtue. Like this is the thing that they really need right now. I mean, like something specific, um, it, that's in your life personally. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a more powerful prayer. Yeah. Um, because uh, you, you're you're connected to those things. Yeah. You know. So yes, you should have a prayer intention. You can have more than one. It does not mean that if you have just because you have more than one doesn't mean that they're getting less of the grace. You know, it's not like it's a grace pie that's being cut up into 
like more pieces. Um, because there's although grace pie does sound delicious, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I do want to get that recipe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, because Je- you're receiving Jesus, right? The the you know infinite God of the universe, so he can do, he can cover more than one thing. What do you think you struggle the most as a father uh, throughout the mass with your family? Like, what do you think? Where's your weakness? This is good self-reflection. Uh, like, this is good, like, just in general for... I mean, the thing that, like, I have to deal with the most in Mass would be our kids. Like, so we sit with my family, my sister, you know, others. In our pew, we, we typically have a whole pew. You guys have, like, like six pews or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, we have a long pew. Mm-hmm. And it's me and my family, Pamela's parents, my parents, and then my sister and her and her kids. Right. So we have uh, seven kids and six adults in our in our pew. The kids are all age seven and under. Seven kids, age seven and under. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll they're all the thing is they're like best friends, and so they. Oh, we get all, to see them and, all. And six of them are girls, okay? We have six girls. And they're like talking and whispering and like, you know, they're not supposed to be doing that. Um, that's what I have to deal with the most is like, you know, the look. There's a special look just for mass. There's like a mass look. It says like, I'll put you on that altar. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, and... That's what I had. That's the distraction I have to deal with the most. Um, other than that, it's just just my own distractions about, you know, just random things that pop into my head that I don't mean to think about. I just do. Why is Adam so much better looking than I am? Right. I actually figured that one out. Oh, so you don't even ponder that one anymore. Well, so you know how like when you multiply by a negative. Anyway, it's beyond yeah. you. It's, yeah, we won't talk about it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what about you? So I think that there's one of the uh, things that I deal with uh, in mass with my family the most. I think would be like just the sense of like pride of when my kids misbehave. It's it's in like in. And like your pride being injured, yeah, like or like, uh, or, or just being like, when my kids misbehave, it's like you shouldn't do that. You've been taught better than this, to the point where it's like you're making uh, your your mom and I look bad mm-hmm. uh, because you're not acting the way you should. And right. uh, you know, kids are you know as as much as you. You, know, you teach them and you try your best to to raise them in a virtuous household and help them to understand the importance of this sacrifice of the Holy Mass, they will embarrass you. They just, they will, they are, they just will do things that you're like, cannot believe you did that. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes uh, that's super frustrating. I also sometimes I feel like don't pick my battles well with my children. I don't either. I just pick all the battles. Yeah, I just sometimes I just I'm ready to yeah, battle every time. You need to go to potty? No, you don't. You can hold it. 
uh, we just went before Holy Mass, uh, and I know that you can hold it because you just went 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that, I, I don't know. I think I struggle with that a lot insofar as like, am I actually nurturing and preparing my, my child or is it just the fact of like, I don't want, uh, people to think that I don't raise my children well, or I don't want them to think people do think that actually. I know they do. I'm sure they do. And that has to be that has to be a logical conclusion. Uh, many, many, many uh, Sundays. Yeah, on the parish council, we talk about like, look, is there any way to get the Minahans out of the parish? Of this, I mean, because listen, and, and they sit in the second pew on the left. It's just, very embarrassing. Everybody sees them. They're really bringing us down. You right. know, like. <laughs> so I think I think I think that's one of them. Like just being candid like i think that's just one of them like uh-huh. i get frustrated when my children don't do what they're supposed to do so what's something that you have found to be the most helpful preparing yourself for mass for myself or for my family just for yourself just for yourself uh waking up at an appropriate time yeah that's a big one and that's one where like go listen, to bed early wake up early yeah you can uh it's like Nine o'clock mass. I can get up at seven forty-five and still do just fine. Mm-hmm. But I put extra stress on my family. I put extra stress on my wife. If I don't get up, you know, at seven fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I have I have breakfast. My I don't I almost never do this. My goal is to have breakfast ready at seven forty. It's never. It used to be seven forty-five, and we are five minutes late. So now it's seven forty. We're still five minutes late. Later than I want to be. Uh, but my goal is to have See, breakfast. See, what if you didn't have, like, make breakfast? Like, what do you think, like, would happen? Um, I like making breakfast. It's like a special treat on the weekends. Yeah, I understand family. you like it. I, I'm going, it's not something I'm going to stop doing. I'm not asking, like, that's fine. I'm not telling you you shouldn't. Okay. I'm just saying, like, hypo- like, hypothetically, you don't do it. Would it be better or not? No. Okay, I'm just asking. I don't think it would be better. It's because it seems like you keep telling me like it's like kids won't eat. You're not eating in time. You know, you're, uh, po- you're, you're causing no, no, no. more it's, stress. It's really not all that bad. But like, there are some days. There are some days when it's bad. Yeah. Most of the time, it's not. Okay. You know, but there are definitely days that has been that way. Uh, but there would be those days. Whether I, I think there would be those days whether I was making breakfast or not in the morning. Okay. You know, um, so some days your kids are just not going to, Oh, they're just not going to do it. Yeah, you, you don't know? have to explain so that to me. I try to have breakfast ready at 740, which means um, I have to get up at like no later than 630 to pray because I have to, ha- I have to, before I do anything, I will pray. Mm-hmm. So I get up at 630 so I can be done praying by 710. So I can get breakfast ready. You have 40 minutes of prayer? Well, typically it takes me about five to wow, ten that's minutes. that's impressive, dude. Like I get up, go to the bathroom, put clothes on, you know, and so like by the time I start praying, I've been, my alarm will go up, go off. It'll be like three or four minutes before I actually get out of bed. You know, I like lay there and groan and like curse at the Lord or, you know, stuff like just usual regular stuff, <laughs> right? 
Then I get out, you know, and it's typically like it's 10 minutes after my alarm has gone off. I start praying and I pray for about 30 minutes every day, like right when I get up and then I make breakfast. And so, but um, I've just learned that is the best, that is the best thing. It's that 30 minutes of sleep is not nearly as valuable, not even close as being able to get up pray you know now i've read the readings now i've prayed over them now i've you know like i'm ready for mass uh even Dude, if you're, you're so much holy even if I i'm am. even if i'm a little tired um the hardest part about that is having the discipline to go to bed on discipline. time the discipline to go to bed on time which i do not have i don't absolutely i absolutely do not have I the ability either. there's like i think i may have like some sort of mental disorder or something uh you'd think like if you did something i was just doing this last night it was like it was 10 15 and it was like should we like stay up and like hang out for a little longer and have a, have another beer or should i go to bed it's like i should obviously go to bed so that way i can get up and be I thought you're gonna say i should obviously have another beer right no i should obviously go that's to bed. how i feel yeah <laughs> and then it's like but while i'm there it's like well I mean, I would like to have another beer and like hang out for a minute with my wife before going to bed. And so like at ten fifteen turns into eleven, and then like by the time you're getting into bed after your midnight, prayers and midnight. everything else, yeah, it's like okay, I get six hours of sleep. I cannot tell you how many times it's midnight when Pamela and I finally go to bed. I mean, what? like all the time. It's uh, I would say eight out of ten times after eleven thirty. When we finally go to bed. On Saturdays or like every day? Every day. Wow. Every day. I think we typically fall, like we typically go to bed. I mean, actually laying down to go to sleep. I think, we, I think we typically do around like 1130. Yeah. I think that's pretty. But there are nights, there are nights I say, listen, I'm going to bed. And at 845, I'm in bed. Are you I, serious? And I am like, like asleep. There are nights where I say, tonight, we're getting to bed early. And then at like 10.45, we're, we're walking upstairs. And it's like, yeah, here in like 30 minutes, I'll finally be going to sleep. 15 minutes early. <laughs> All right. I yeah. told you I was going to bed early tonight. And I... Juan, what's your... Well, what's, before that, I wanted to really back into the conversation with a genius comment here from YouTube. It says, the greatest A thing genius or a... What would you say? A, a genius comment here from youtube okay the greatest thing you can do to prepare for mass is go to confession so you can be instead of grace sure yeah i mean i think it goes without saying that if you're not in a state of grace you need to get yourself that way yeah you need to go to confession right what was your question again but that is that is very that is a good point yeah what was your like what do you do what helps yeah. you prepare for what mass helps, for what helps you mass? Oh, well, fortunately for me... Oh, I don't go to Mass. No. <laughs> well, I attend uh, sometimes the Latin Mass. I, I okay. attend uh, Life Church. And as Pope, Pope Francis recently pointed out, because I attend the Latin Mass, I am holier. Yeah. <laughs> my Mass fortunately, is better than... Fortunately better. for me, uh, my, our Holy Mass is at 10 a.m., at Holy Family Cathedral. Yeah. 10 a.m. is a good time. So it is. It's, it's such like a good time. 10, uh, 10 o'clock is such a luxurious... Gosh, it like, is a leisurely like, it time. Is way better than 9 o'clock mass. It is mass. so leisurely. Yeah. It's like 10 times better than 9 o'clock mass. So we've... I, I could... 
proudly say that we have had a 90, 95%, 93% success rate of getting there at least 20 minutes before mass. And 20 minutes? Yeah. And we, you pray the we get there. No. We get there. We take the kids to the bathroom. We ha- they drink the kids of water, maybe a snack if, if they're hungry. And then we just sit in silence. And sometimes we go to confession right before mass because yeah. they have a confession there too. So depending on who needs to go to confession, somebody st- keeps the kids while the other one goes to confession. Between me and my wife, we rotate. And then we just sit in silence. We, the, the church really has... Be- the art is so beautiful. The windows yeah, at, the cathedral. at the cathedral are so beautiful that you could just sit there and look around and be involved in the liturgy before it starts. Yeah. So beautiful. That that has been the number one help for us. Uh, Jim, what about you? Here, Jim, come. You can that way. You can oh. uh, I, the same you said, like the readings. Yeah. Being prepared for the readings. They can't see you. No, that's okay. There's Jim. That's Jim. So, you know, it's really funny. Romano Guardini in his book, this made me think of you because you always have the missile or the... Yeah. The rocket launcher. Keeps me focused. Yeah. He, uh, totally against that. Is he against it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still scared, though. Why? Uh, he goes into it a lot about how, like, it's the logos, the spoken word, um, and he says, like, we're such now such like in a reading culture, like people we read a lot. I don't think we uh, do. in the 50s is when he was writing this um, compared to what oh, we do. Certainly, when you look at the history of the liturgy, you know, like since Christendom began, you know, in okay. the beginning, obviously, you know, people weren't literate at the nearly the rate. You sure. Know? So anyway, um, yeah, he says you should not be reading. Like he says, like like people who do this, they do it with the best intentions, and he's not he's not being Judgey McJudgerson. But I just thought it was funny. Uh, I personally don't have I, the I have the missile open, but if you look most of the time, I'm looking at the crucifix. Uh huh. Hmm. Almost a hundred percent of the time. So he just kind of goes into it about like how the person is up there proclaiming the word, and people are like kind of ignoring it and reading it. Uh. I don't know. He yeah. he was, he was a uh, pretty firm. I, and I thought I thought it was funny that like wow he's really putting his foot up, down on this issue. The liturgy guys say the same thing. Uh huh. They say that it's it is it's not the way it was meant to be. It's like because you're you, you're to be fed from the ambo, not from what's in, right in front of you. So they they made a comment that it was kind of like you're controlling your environment too much. And you're and you're not engaged with what's happening at the altar, hmm. because you are reading everything that's like right here in your bubble instead of putting the, your attention. I just know that if I hear it you. and I'm reading it at the same time, my retention rate is a lot higher. Yeah. And so um, for that for that reason alone, I will not change. I think if you, I mean, this would be something to explore, but if you read it right before mass. And then you went and listened to it, like if you. But I get way more distracted if I'm just listening than if I read the words as it's being read. Yeah, I don't know. At but least for me I personally. Think if you, 
this would be a kind of a hard thing to do, but you know, if you, well, it wouldn't actually be hard. Read it beforehand. Pray, you know, like take those readings to prayer that morning. Um, then when you go, like you've already prayed about, you've already like kind of worked over the readings with the Lord, you know, in your own head. Then um, what, what happens for me anyway is then when I'm there hearing them, all of those things I was praying about earlier now are coming back to me. Where, but if I'm reading it, that uh, like for me, reading distracts my imagination. And so, because hmm. now when I hear, my imagination isn't engaged. It is a like it has this space to go back to the hmm. things that I was praying about, and like to remember those and to kind of hear it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, that might not work for everybody. Hmm. Um, this is the kind of thing that would be great to discuss with your spiritual director. You know, like. Uh, what is a good thing? What works for you? Uh, what's your personality type? You know right. what I mean? Right. All right. So we have a sweet comment here from Elizabeth on YouTube. It says, there's an old Latin phrase with, we have all heard. Repetitio es mater studiorium. Repetition is the mother of learning. And often reading can distract that repetition and preoccupies the faculties. That are gonna. That's kind of like what, that's I mean, kind of like what I said just now. I mean, that's that's what our it, Latin class teaches as well, right? Yeah, like, and and how it, like like what I said, it just it occupies my imagination. imagination. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. It's just when you're not prepared as well as you should be for mass. Yeah, you know, it just shows you how um, far to go we have with learning scripture. You know, all of these scriptures, the the New Testament, when you look at it, it's tiny compared to the Old Testament. Um, we should be able to know these readings. So the Gospels especially, like we should know all the Gospels. Mm -hmm. There should be no reading at Mass where we like, oh, no, what's he going to, you know, like we should say like, oh, from the sixth sixth chapter of Matthew, we should all go like, oh, yeah. We We should know it. The Word of God should be that important to us. Sure. You know, I can tell you, I don't, I mean, I don't know what the sixth chapter of Matthew says. Yeah. Um, I know what the sixth chapter of John says, which is what we're getting ready to go through. Like, we already, we are going we're, through We're it in now. it right now, yeah. Um, but we, that's where we should be. Like, the Word of God should be that way in our own lives. It should be so internalized, you know, and shame on us, shame on me for it not being. Um, so, like, that, where we don't even need the book, you know, and it's it's almost just like, oh yeah, I've, I know this. Yeah, we're reading it again. You know, like I almost I don't have it memorized, but pretty close. You know. Anyway, we could keep going, but I think. Do you have any anything else? I mean, the only thing worse than beating a dead horse is beating the wrong dead horse. Yeah. <laughs>